So Brian Ferentz has himself a new restructured deal for next season as Iowa's offensive coordinator, and it is a deal made for a coach's son. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Coming up on today's show, we're of course going to recap everything that happened yesterday in Big Ten basketball and get to all the Big Ten news that you may have missed. But I want to start off the show by talking a little bit on Brian Ferentz. The offensive coordinator for Iowa has had his name thrown around plenty over the course of the last year, and usually not in good conversation. A lot of talk about how he is the problem with the Hawkeyes, how he needs to go, and how the only reason why he still has a job is because he happens to be the son of the head coach. I'm someone who likes to stay away from that kind of stuff, personally, because while nepotism is a thing for sure, I've always believed that while it's pretty easy to get in in football, if you're a relative or a friend of someone who's a coach, it's not exactly the same kind of easy to stay. And Brian Ferentz has been staying in football long enough for me to think, okay, this guy is an actual football coach. You know, it's not like in some jobs where you can actually just head into the office, have your father give you a job and just kind of sit there forever. You got to do stuff. And Brian Ferentz still has this job at the moment. However, this new restructured deal that he gets, it really, I'm sure for a lot of Iowa fans, just boils over all of the frustrations that you've had when watching this guy as your offensive coordinator. So the news that broke over a couple of days ago is that Iowa's going to be giving Brian Ferentz a new restructured contract for the next season. His salary goes down to $850,000, which is apparently about $50,000 less than what he was looking at before in his contract. But there's also, I don't know if they're incentive-based awards or whatever it is, but there's marks that he can hit to make more money too. And those marks are weird to say the least, and hilarious, if I'm being quite honest. What he has to do in order to get whatever this bonus is, seven wins, 25 points per game on offense for the Hawkeyes. And some people in the comments made a good point. That's not 25 points per game by the offense. That's 25 points per game in total for the team. When you're thinking about Iowa football, where is your bar? Is it seven wins? Are you thinking, hey, seven wins and you get yourself some extra money because you did so well at the Iowa football team? If you're wondering, Iowa hasn't won less than seven games since 2012. Technically, it won six in 2020, but that was in an eight-game, six-and-two season. So as far as success for the Iowa Hawkeyes, it's not like Brian Ferentz is the problem there. He's not the one who needs to hit seven wins. And when you're looking at 25 points per game, Man, is that a pathetically low mark to try and hit. To be fair, it would be an improvement. Iowa hasn't gotten to 25 points per game in either of the last two seasons. But it's not exactly setting the bar high, I would say. So if I'm looking at this team right now, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's the direction we're headed in? 
I'm kind of like, how does this not go into the ground at some point? It seems like Brian Ferentz is destined to remain the offensive coordinator of this team, or at the very least, Kirk Ferentz is at least going to do everything he can to make sure that his son can stay the offensive coordinator of this team. It's not something I believed. And I still don't believe that it's just a pure matter of nepotism that brings Brian Ferentz into this position. But when you look at numbers like that, when you look at a legit report that says seven wins and 25 points per game, and you're going to be okay, that's not the standard for Iowa football. Now, to be fair, Iowa's offense has never been something that you think, oh, wow, blow you outdoors kind of stuff. But Brian Ferentz is someone who, as an offensive coordinator at a power five school who has been there and knows his players. You're saying that right now the university is looking at him and thinking, man, if that guy could just put together 25 points per game, we'd be so happy with how he's doing. No, no, I, I, again, I don't want to just straight up say the nepotism thing is what's going on here. But when you look at what's gone down and when you look at the complaints Iowa fans are making, if it's not nepotism, it's got to be something weird going on. Because in what other situation does a coach get that kind of a deal? After what Brian Ferentz did last season and has done over the last couple of seasons, you think that any other offensive coordinator is going into their job at a Power 5 school in a place that has not only Power 5 reputation, but winning Power 5 reputation? You think that offensive coordinator goes into his job after what he's done in the last year and the front office is like, oh, okay, let's see how we can restructure things to make sure that you're hitting your marks. And oh, by the way, only score 25 points per game and we'll be happy. That doesn't seem like the formula for winning. And I understand if Iowa fans are looking at it and just pulling their hair out at what does it have to happen to get this guy out of this job? A whole lot of people have been calling for his head. And I'm not someone who's going to say, hey, he should or should not have the job because football teams are too complicated to try and figure out that way. But what is pretty clear is that Iowa isn't scoring points. And it's really, really weird that at least right now, this kind of deal makes it seem like they're more interested in keeping things in the family than getting better. That's the biggest thing. That's more than anything else is that it seems like Iowa is just content with where they are right now instead of wanting to become a better football team and program. And to give the Hawkeyes some respect, they are where they want to be right now as far as competing in the Big Ten West, going to Big Ten championship games. Iowa still does that with regularity. But they're in for a rude wake-up call when USC and UCLA get to the conference and divisions go away. Because I feel like Iowa fans, or at least the front office in the school, is still being like, oh, well, we're a Big Ten contending team, so why change? At least that's the most rational reasoning I could find. But if you're looking at this rationally, you have to realize how far behind you are of Michigan, of Ohio State, of Penn State, of USC. Iowa is not going to be able to compete with those teams at all with what that team currently is. And I have no idea why it is that if you want to keep Brian Ferentz on, that's fine. But restructuring a deal where he has to hit these embarrassingly low bars, it feels weird. And it feels like a deal made for a coach's son. We'll see what ends up happening. As again, he is 
going to start the next season at the very least as this team's offensive coordinator. But as things stand with me, I am at zero confidence in the future of Iowa football, at least beyond when we do lose those divisions. Because when that happens, Hawkeyes are nowhere close to being a top four, five team probably in the Big Ten right now. We're going to continue on and talk Big Ten basketball here in just a minute before we do that. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sportsbook in the country, FanDuel. And if you're new to the site, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy too. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, point spreads, props on who will score a touchdown, and of course, you can bet on the Big Ten basketball games too. I'll have my picks for tonight's matchup here at the end of the show. And if you want to bet alongside us, fade us, get the over-unders or anything else in, you can do it at FanDuel. Again, the number one sportsbook in America. If you want to go and get that no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57, you can do it at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on for everything that you need to know or for anything that you need as far as betting goes and that no sweat first bet where you can get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. That's FanDuel. Make every moment more official sports partner of the NFL. Thank you again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Make sure to check out a brand new podcast from Locked On, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, it, all the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players that you want to hear from. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's recap things from yesterday in the Big Ten and take a look ahead to what we have coming up today in Big Ten Basketball. First off, a blowout win for Michigan. Uh, Wolverines take apart the Cornhuskers in a home game in Ann Arbor. An absolutely dominant 20-point win. Hunter Dickinson only took seven shots in this game. He was efficient in what he did, though. 16 points, 10 rebounds. Everybody in a team effort did really well in just beating a team that Michigan is pretty clearly better than. Uh, it's uh, now... Jet Howard looking better. I had down six threes in this game, 22 points. He's looking more consistently better, which is one of those things that Michigan was just really missing was someone to be a consistent player alongside Hunter Dickinson. And because they didn't have it, Hunter Dickinson at times got a little bit too much. And when he wasn't playing well, that really, really got ugly in Ann Arbor. But he seems to be doing a little bit better there. This team's eight and five in the Big Ten now. And Every other team that's right there, we talked about, there's like 10 different teams in the top in the top two seeds for the Big Ten or at least tied for it. But every other one that we've mentioned is a pretty sure lock for the Big Ten tournament. Michigan had a despicable non-conference schedule, so they're still on the outside looking in and not really even in the bubble picture yet. But at least how things stand, you've got yourself a Big Ten team with a marquee name that has itself a Big Ten record that says this is a tournament team and has been playing a whole lot better lately. Now, we'll see what happens come Selection Sunday, and Michigan's still far, far away from being in that conversation. But if they can reel a few more wins together, this is three in a row now for Michigan, we'll see where they could end up. Because in Lenardi's latest posts that I saw on Twitter, he's not putting them in any sort of like next four out or anything like that. I think he had them in like the low, the 
80s somewhere, high 80s as far as the field of 68 goes. But they're creeping back in. He's at least getting back into whatever Lenardi's formula is for teams. So we have a team here that maybe could do something. But at the same time, their three wins that they have aren't exactly over the most impressive teams. Uh, Ohio State, who's floundering. Nebraska, who has been bad. And Northwestern, which is a tournament team, but not the strongest of Big Ten tournament teams. But they've got a chance to prove things against Indiana on Saturday. It's funny how things work like that in the Big Ten. If you've gone a little while without proving yourself, an opportunity is always right around the corner. So a big game for them coming up on Saturday. Ohio, or I'm sorry, Michigan right now, a team that's well on the outside looking in, but a preseason top 25 team, a team that we know has the talent. And if they can prove it here over the last couple of weeks, maybe they make themselves a little bit of a chance or an argument here to make that field of 68. We'll see what ends up happening. Michigan, though, still with a lot of work to do before we end up really seriously talking about that. The bigger game on the bubble yesterday between Wisconsin and Penn State. These two teams have been pretty close to even throughout across bracketology, and we got an even matchup yesterday too. Overtime, winner for Wisconsin. Back and forth game. These teams really were quite as even as the numbers say. I was looking at box scores. Both teams shot pretty well. Both teams shot pretty well from three. There wasn't really anything that stuck out in the team stats. Uh, Penn State out-rebounded Wisconsin by a little bit. Wisconsin got to the free throw line a little bit more than Penn State. It played out like a game that was going to overtime. These two were really even. Nobody led by too many points during this matchup. It was a game where we saw two veteran teams with players and names that we know playing in the way that, quite honestly, we know that they play. Penn State's going to be that kind of team. Wisconsin's going to be that kind of team. Around the bubble, nobody did anything that was just like, ooh, maybe they do have some sort of next gear here. But Wisconsin gets the win, big one on the road, helps their tournament case, and maybe more importantly for Penn State, really, really hurts the Nittany Lions to take this loss at home especially. Penn State's been a really, really good home team throughout the season. That's been something that they have been able to rely on is get that win at home when the next one on the calendar shows up and they weren't able to get this one. It really, really hurts. Not for, of course, just the one side of things as, Bra as Penn State's falling out of the tournament picture, but also, of course, as we've talked about, if it gets to Selection Sunday and these two teams are as close as they have been, it could be that head-to-head -head battle that ends up being the difference as Wisconsin takes this most recent victory. We'll end up seeing what happens, but at least how things stand right now I'm not feeling very good if I'm a Penn State fan, and that's a big win for a Wisconsin team to get. Let's also take a look at bracket updates here. Uh, we had put together a little bit of a composite ranking over the last couple of days. I'm going to also now look at right here uh, brackets from bracketmatrix.com. If you don't know the site, what it does is it takes all the sources that we had brought up before, ESPN, CBS, USA Today, and combines it with what is a total of 106 bracket experts and puts their projections together into one composite average number to get an idea of where everyone has these teams. So as I give you these numbers, these aren't just the composite numbers there, but this is a combination of 106 different brackets being put together and averaged out. So across the top of the board, produce a consensus number one seed at the moment across just about everything, or at least a consensus number one seed. After that, you have Indiana, at a projected 5.14 seed, and then Rutgers is a projected 5.44 seed. And you get down to the bubble. What's interesting is there are three teams that are in brackets, but not in all 106 brackets. So if you're keeping track here, there's going to be a list of 10 teams here. 
Seven of them are at least 100%. Every single expert has them in right now. Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Penn State are a little bit different. Now, Northwestern's a pretty close to consensus all in. 100 out of 106 brackets have the Wildcats as a tournament team, averaging at a 10.22 seed. When you get to the bracket in the bubble, or you get to the other edited things, though, not quite as much respect for Penn State. Even in brackets that had not been updated after this loss for Penn State most recently, the Nittany Lions only appeared in four out of 106 bracket projections. One of those is ESPN, which has the Wildcats pretty high up compared to everybody else. As far as Wisconsin goes, they're still not looking terribly great, but at the moment, out of, out of 106, they are in 30 of the projected brackets. So a little bit of a feeler of how we're getting. Penn State falling out and maybe all the way out of all brackets by the time they, things get updated. Wisconsin getting itself a nice win here to turn things around, and maybe it can work its way back in. But across the board, one thing I learned is that I thought Penn State was a lot closer to the edge of that tournament bubble than I think a lot of those brackets have them. I would have put them at possibly even closer than, than Wisconsin. But the experts say that Wisconsin is much closer to being in this field than what the Nittany Lions have, at least their combined opinions all put together. That's just a look at bracketology. Again, we're trying to expand here. We now have 106 different experts. I think that's enough to try and get a composite from. Again, the website is bracketmatrix.com. If you want to play around and look at things, see where everybody has everything. And then it also does list which date is most recent and puts them in order. So if you want to see like, okay, you've been looking at ESPN's bracketology, but Joe Lenardi hasn't updated it in a couple of days. You can head on over to Bracket Matrix, see what they do. It's a cool site. You can check it out. We'll get into Big Ten news to wrap things up here now on the show. Uh, poll on Reddit with what we were talking about before, asked, should Iowa fire Brian Ferentz as, Iowa, as their offensive coordinator? Uh, again, he just got a restructured deal, so he's not getting fired. But 75% of what was at the time about 300 voters said that, yes, he should no longer have that job. In other news around the Big Ten, Michigan running back Blake Corum was at yesterday's Michigan blowout over Nebraska. He made a little bit of a headline with a quote. I quote, we're going to win the national championship and go down in history end quote. There's a lot of good evidence to suggest the Wolverines could do it. Only team out of that college football playoff with the starting quarterback returning and a whole lot of pieces coming back, including Blake Corum next year for the Wolverines too. In football news on a baseball field, Iowa will play in Northwestern in Wrigley Field in November this season. It'll be a November 4th game, Northwestern hosting Iowa. That one will be at Wrigley Field. Not the first time the Big Ten has done this. I'm guessing it won't be the last. And finally, Michigan has made a hire on the football field as to, to Josh Synagoga has been hired as a, quote, offensive analyst. He spent his previous time as an assistant at Youngtown State and was also an assistant at Cincinnati in their big 2019 season. As far as the Big Ten schedule for today, on the men's basketball court, Iowa is up against number one Purdue in West Lafayette facing off against the Boilermakers off a loss. Meanwhile, Northwestern is on the road against Ohio State as the Buckeyes try to find something after nine out of 10 losses and the Wildcats come in as a tournament team looking to avoid a bad loss. In men's tennis, we have a ranked matchup. Number nine, Wake Forest faces off against the top team in the country, number one, Ohio State. And we also do have one huge ranked matchup in women's basketball. Top five battle. Caitlin Clark and number five, Iowa takes on number two, Indiana in a rivalry matchup that's gotten a little bit heated over the last couple of weeks with some of the things that have been said. Indiana not quite happy with how much 
or how little coverage they're getting in comparison to the star, Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes. That'll be a good one for sure. I'm going to have my eye on it. I also have my bets for the day on the men's basketball side. Purdue is a seven and a half point favorite at home against Iowa. I don't think that's nearly big enough. Purdue's off a loss. There's no way they're not going to be ready for this game. There's no way that this becomes another letdown for the Boilermakers. The only way that I see this going within eight points is if Iowa's just shooting the ball tremendously, which they have done. I don't expect them to do it at a rate where they can keep up with the Boilermakers. Also, they can't defend Purdue. So I'm taking the Boilermakers there. On the road, though, I'm taking Northwestern plus five and a half against Ohio State. Buckeyes have lost nine out of their last 10. They have not looked good in doing it. They're absolutely falling off at the moment. And I'm not going to pick Ohio State at home, on the road, favorite, underdog, any of it. Don't give me anything like that until they prove something there on the court. Give me Wildcats plus 5.5. So the picks today, Purdue at home, minus 7.5 against Iowa. Northwestern on the road, plus 5.5 against Ohio State. In other recruiting news, only one name to tell you about. It's a big one, though. Linebacker Nick Jackson has transferred from Virginia to Iowa. This is a guy who is a three-time 100-tackle player, had 104 tackles last season at Virginia, seven tackles for loss and five sacks, his third straight season with at least 100 tackles, and just another piece to keep that Iowa defense in check while the offense is trying to figure things out. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from the big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to be back with more here tomorrow on everything that happens in the Big Ten, from the basketball to any other news. And if you want to follow along outside of showtimes, you can do so at Locked On Big Ten on Twitter and on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's one zero at the end when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports with Locked On.